Next on BYU Sports Nation, Super Bowl bound. Kyle Van Noy does it again. But did he have the best weekend of any BYU Cougar? Yeah, and what about Taysom Hill and Daniel Sorensen? And which loss is tougher to take? It was pass interference. Come on. Plus, BYU Hoops falls on the hilltop for the first time ever in WCC play. Mark Durant joins us. Is he panicking? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, January 21st. Hope you're enjoying your holiday, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Studio B's Mr. Plow, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, it's pretty crazy out there in uh, in Provo today with uh, the snow. But yeah, happy Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day. I'm really glad this is a holiday. It's important to acknowledge this man and what he did for the country. So really appreciative of this. And it was fun this morning kind of explaining to my five-year-old daughter who Martin Luther King Jr. is and talking to my wife, say, hey, can you show her the speech? I know she's not going to understand a lot of it, but show her the speech. Oh, wow. You wanted to watch the actual speech. Yeah, a- absolutely. Go to nice. the horse's mouth, man. Nice. Okay. Yeah, plant the history seeds early. Let's go. Yeah. Very cool. Again, hope you're enjoying your holiday. Uh, it's ooh, what a weekend for BYU sports. Here is today's show lineup. Mark Durant, former BYU basketball player and current BYU radio basketball analyst, will join us in 15 minutes. Does he take any positives from the weekend and BYU's loss to San Francisco? Is he in a panic right now about BYU being in fourth place in the WCC, and how does it feel overall about a road split? A shift in the prognostication power polls. That's coming up in 30 minutes. That's some well-played alliteration. And is it a big deal or no deal that BYU football is finishing recruiting right now without an offensive line coach? Ryan Pugh, now the offensive coordinator at Troy University back in Alabama, BYU still needs a guy to coach the big uglies or the big beauties up front. That comes up in 40 minutes. That said, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. KVN does it again. Kyle Van Noy headed to his third straight Super Bowl as the New England Patriots defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in a classic. 37-31 in overtime of the AFC title game in Kansas City. Van Noy led the Patriots with 10 tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble in the victory. Daniel Sorensen led the Chiefs on the other side of the field with 14 tackles, had a fourth-quarter interception as well in the loss. Dirty Dan! In the NFC Championship game, Taysom Hill caught his first career touchdown pass in a 26-23 overtime loss to the Rams. BYU men's basketball loses at San Francisco 82-63 on Saturday night, snapping an 11-game win streak versus the Dons. Yoli Childs led all scores with 25 points. The Cougars now 4-2 in conference in fourth place. Time to panic? Rarely is the answer to that question yes, but we'll discuss. And women's hoops overcame a 12-point deficit to beat Portland 79-71 to extend its win streak to 10 games. Maria Albiero scored a career-high 16 points off the bench. Cougars went on a 16-0 run in the final minutes of the game and tied it up on this play. Portland has not trailed in this game. Shaley Gonzalez creates a steal. Chase to tie the game. Good. BYU plays plays at San Diego on Saturday. And in the latest 
Bracketology from ESPN with Charlie Cream. BYU moves from a 10 to a 9 seed in the WCC and appears to be, uh, yeah, they're in, baby, as of now. So BYU playing some good, good basketball. They've won 10 straight games, 8-0 in West Coast Conference play. And Shaley Gonzalez shot 1 for 11, and BYU still found a way to win. That's good because she played every second of that game. She did have 10 assists. <laughs> Maybe she was tired. She did have 10 assists yeah. and a critical steal that you just saw that Brenna Chase scored. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Three different former BYU football players put on a show in the AFC and NFC championship games yesterday for their respective teams, but only one is still playing. It's not Taysom Hill. It's not Daniel Sorensen. It's Kyle Van Noy. Though Taysom Hill did catch his first NFL touchdown pass from Drew Brees. Daniel Sorensen had a huge stop on fourth and one to give his team the ball back and an interception that set up Kansas City for the go-ahead score, their first lead of that game. And then there's Kyle Van Noy doing Kyle Van Noy things. Couple of sacks, 10 tackles, led his team in a forced fumble. Of course, he's dancing his way back into the Super Bowl against the Los Los Angeles Rams. I think Champ. he misses Detroit. Best trade ever for Kyle Van Noy. Whose performance yesterday impressed you the most? It was Daniel Sorensen because the Chiefs are the second worst defense in the league. Yet, Daniel Sorensen made multiple plays to put his team in position to win the game. And unless Tom Brady's the guy and unless you lose that coin toss, that was the only way the Chiefs probably were going to lose that game. And they did. Daniel Sorensen, 14 tackles. That interception was big time. We thought the we thought the tackle on fourth down was was big. Later, Daniel Sorensen gets the pick, and then he had a pass deflection. Kyle Van Noy, Taysom Hill had big games as well. It was really fun. What first of all, first of all, two overtime games Amazing. on Championship Sunday, Amazing. fantastic. Amazing. Some really questionable calls, uh, you know, on both sides. That's putting it, was, it lightly, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. That like the pass interference call, or sorry, the obviously that one. But the, the uh, non-pass interference call. The the roughing the passer where Brady isn't hit in the face. It's oh, like, the atrocity! It's like what? Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was crazy. It was dramatic. It was annoying. It was heart wrenching. It was down to the wire. It was sports, and it was awesome. Holy cow! Yeah, Daniel Sorensen to me had the most impressive performance. We're talking about two potentially game changing plays. With his fourth and one stop, albeit Kansas City didn't score, but still. It, essentially a turnover. He creates essentially two turnovers. Yes. Right? And himself. then he comes up with that interception, which Kansas City does capitalize on. They took their first lead of the game at 21-17. I was just really happy to see him perform so well. And on the other side, Kyle Van Noy doing his thing. That was fun to watch as a BYU fan with individuals on both sides of the AFC title game. That was a unique situation. can't remember uh, having experienced that in my lifetime, really. So for Andy Reid, that was a lot. I know I, I feel terrible for Andy Reid. He sat on a knife's edge of legacy in that game because if he makes the Super Bowl, it's like, hey, he's been to two. He's been to two with two different teams. Awesome. Now it's like he's the guy that can't get to the Super Bowl, just but wins a lot. Unfortunately, that's kind of his here's the thing. Kansas City really is a good really coach. young team. And they've got an amazing, really young quarterback. Right. You'd, you'd think they'd be back, but it doesn't always play out like this. The NFL, uh, besides the Patriots, is full of parity. It, there's no automatics in this. Like, hey, Cam Newton, young team, they, they, they never got back. Like, it doesn't always happen that yeah. way. As fun as it was, I just have serious issue with the pass interference situation. Are we not at a point with technology and with how we review football and how much time we have to spend 
and those nauseatingly long reviews of plays. So you want to make it longer? I want to give, if we're going to do it, why not do it the right way? Well, it, it's a really great area to start reviewing pass interference calls now. You just have to, you have to make the call on the field at the time. We can't be reviewing okay, pass but interference. But they missed a helmet-to-helmet situation, that, too, on the same play. I know. They don't really call that that much, I guess, in the NFL. It, like in basketball, are we going to start reviewing fouls? At the, this, like, no, no. It's this, very gray. Very this is gray. the big money sport. We're talking about life-changing plays for a lot of these players. This right. isn't just a, scenario, a game scenario. Well, you've got to make the call on the field. These That's plays the change lives. Super Bowls, legacies. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm not in favor of reviewing passing France. I'm not. Just make the call correctly. But what if you don't? Why not? If you can make it right, if you can make it right, why not do it? (laughs) No. No. Yesterday featured not one, but two overtime games to decide who was playing in the Super Bowl. Three former Cougars were left out of Super Bowl 53. Spencer, which loss was tougher? Taysom Hill and the Saints or Andy Reid and Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs? Sorry. Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and Jason Shepard with the Chiefs. Oh. Uh, for me, it's Taysom Hill, because if that pass interference call is made, then the Rams have no Saints. chance of getting the ball back. The Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Talk, the, yeah. the officials determined the outcome of that game. And well, I hate the Saints it. also missed two red zone opportunities in the first quarter when they could have cashed I, in a little I bit. I don't care. Yeah. Like that call at that juncture, that missed call, that determined the game. And I hate so much that it was in the officials' hands because of that. Every play is in the officials' hands. And the Los Angeles Rams, it, it stinks for them because everyone's going to say, well, they shouldn't even be here. That's it. And they made two amazing field goals. Greg Zerline makes a 48-yarder and a 57-yarder. Talk about amazing kicker's mentality and strength of mind. But it's lost in the rhetoric of, well, they shouldn't even be there. They shouldn't even given the opportunity because that, that missed pass in France call was so egregious. I don't like that. For the Rams, I don't like it. I think it's, I think it's unfair. It's stupid. It's, it's I don't a think they're not worried about it It's today. a frustrating rhetoric. <laughs> I, I don't think in two weeks they're going to be thinking about it. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, it's the Saints. Yeah, that, that call sucks. It just, it's the worst. It's the worst. Listen, Nikhil Roby Coleman runs into Tommy Lee Lewis. That should be called. And his, it, body, it language, called. his yeah. body language was such after it that he was like, ah, oh, it's a penalty. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. And then he like yeah. slowly is like, yeah, started celebrating, and it's like, oh, you and know. he admitted after the game that you it was. Know. But that doesn't matter. They didn't call it. So, yeah, it certainly stinks. For the Chiefs, it's hard because you've never hosted an AFC championship game, and then you host it, you get into OT, and honestly, if Kansas City wins that coin flip, they're going to go down and score okay. a touchdown, they're going to win. So perhaps we can compromise on something. You don't want to address all pass interference calls. Things. No, no, what, I don't want to slow the game down even more. What about in the final three minutes, Jerem? What about in the final three minutes it's, of the game? It's, there's so much gray area with a lot of that that you're going to probably call it a lot. They review everything in the final two minutes of the game anyway. Not everything. Why there's not, only, why not add pass review. interference? Why not add pass interference in the final two minutes? Well, what, prior, prior to this game, there was, no, there was no like cry for this. So this is a singular instance where, yes, it was a big deal. But okay, but now there wanna, is a cry, so why not wanna, address it? I don't want to slow the game down even more. It's the like, final two minutes of the game? No. You just said three, so you want it two? So whatever, okay. whatever. I'm saying the final minutes of the game so that it doesn't, this isn't happening. It's, it's hard. It's, no, I, feel, I see why you would want that. I don't want to slow the game down even more. Just make the right call in the because field. Because two How minutes makes that big field? of a difference. Eight, two more minutes ten? is going to make that big of a difference. Well, it's not going to be one play. It's going to be multiple now. Not You're, if it's the final two minutes. Then we're no, at no, no, least no, no, no. limiting there's a little go, bit. No, there's, a, there's going to be more than just one play potentially. 
You're saying if so, it was one, they review everything be, else. They don't review everything else. There are <laughs> certain like things it. you can't it, review. It feels like and it. And that's one of them. I don't want to review everything. No. No. I'm not saying review everything. I'm saying add pass interference final two minutes. That's it. They're going to call it almost every time. So it's like, just throw it deep. They'll throw a flag. Defense has no chance. No. Well, you can get it right with technology. That's that's get it right. The beauty of it on the first, but not time. human error is going to exist. It's going to exist. So let it happen then. You're okay with that? Clearly, you're saying you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Get it right the first time. BYU men's basketball had a split on the road. They get a big win at Pepperdine, a place they have traditionally struggled. Then they go on the road to the Hilltop, a place they had never lost as a member of the West Coast Conference. They'd won 11 straight overall against the Dons, and then. Well, they lay an egg. They lose by 19. Jerem, when you look at BYU's two road games that are losses in conference, they've not been close. Does the margin of loss matter in the games against St. Mary's, losing by 22, and San Francisco, losing by 19? Yes, losing is one thing. Getting blown out is another. Okay, uh, When you lose by that much, it shows that there's a wide disparity. I, I didn't expect BYU to win at San Francisco or St. Mary's. But what I did expect is for BYU to be competitive. To at least be competitive. Like, I don't think there's a 19-point difference between BYU and San Francisco, but on that night there was. We'll see when they play in the Merritt Center. But, yes, that matters to me, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 4-0 versus West Coast Conference teams below them, 5-10, through and 0-2 versus the top three. But that 0-2 is uh, by a large margin. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, so 22 and 19. Now, recent history would show that BYU typically loses a few of those games to 5th to 10th place teams and early in the season. So in a weird way, I'm like, okay, well, at least BYU's not losing games that we think they shouldn't lose. And did you expect BYU to win at St. Mary's or at San Francisco? No, I just mentioned that. No. Yeah. So to put that point home again, all right, not that big of a deal that BYU is 4-2. However, you're saying the yeah, margin. Yeah, 4-2 is fine. The margin is what you're concerned about. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like do, do you care? Like, does the cost of a ticket matter to you? Well, yeah. Yeah, it, a, a loss is a loss. A ticket's a ticket. But if it's a $400 ticket for going 30 over in a construction zone. Hey, what are you trying to say, dude? That's No, I... No, I've gone 30 over and got a $400 ticket. Not in a construction <laughs> zone. But Don't bring up my past listen, errors. It, it has nothing to do with you. It's about <laughs> Ben Dorgan. It's the worst. Everybody that goes through there knows that. Yes, it totally matters. Because it shows the difference. between Is BYU going to be a good team in the league or not? Right now they look okay. clearly like the fourth best See, team. and I think we have to wait until BYU plays a good team on their home floor to really know. Because look at both of those losses. They come on... One day of separation on the road. BYU wins at Pacific, then they got to go to St. Mary's with one day of preparation and play the Gales on the road. BYU traditionally has not played well there. They've had good teams that have been blown out there. So, uh, no, I'm not, not that concerned. Not San Francisco, man. Not that okay. San Francisco is lost at San clearly has their best team in like 30 years. Like they are, they are a good basketball team. Yeah, but BYU looks pathetic. In both of those games. And that's what I'm saying. But that's or did the they issue. look pathetic when they cut it to six in the second half? And people were like, oh, they weathered the storm. I think those were your words. Right. But then there was another storm that they didn't weather. In the end, you play 40 minutes. Would BYU play any differently if they had a full five days to prepare for these games on the road? So if they played St. Mary's and San Francisco first know. and then had to go play Pepperdine 
BYU and beat Pacific and OT. Pacific's all, it was one in five in league. BYU won like, at Gonzaga and then lost at Portland because of the short turnaround. The short turnaround should not be overlooked. It's really difficult when you have back-to-back road games and then so you one saying, day in between. So are you saying in this situation we should expect blowouts? I'm not B- saying we should expect blowouts, but I can understand it. Like if BYU had played San Francisco before they had played Pepperdine and still lost by 19, then I'd be more concerned because they had five full days to prepare for the Dons. This is a quick turnaround, and it's hard to win on the road. Like wh- It's especially hard for this team to win on the road. They're 2-7. and seven. Like yet, This team's really yet bad Yet the two on the road. road wins they have are both in conference. Right, against teams that are worse than that them. That they so have they struggled against. I appreciate that. I BYU like has lost against worse Pacific teams on the road and worse Pepperdine teams on the road. They won those games this year. Blown out by good teams in their place. I'm not going to sit place. here after a 19-point loss and think anything but be frustrated. You can be frustrated yeah. all you want, but what I'm saying is it's not that hard to comprehend why it's why BYU on limited preparation the prepara- have things fall the pre- apart. The preparation time has nothing to do with it. What? Because the other team has the same prep time. They're home. Then tell you me. You can't tell me that then, home doesn't make a huge well, difference. That's different. That's not preparation. It's that's one location. day and they're on the road. It's location. One day and location. Prep. The other team no, the other team had the same amount of prep time. You're telling me BYU wouldn't play these games differently at home. Sorry. Sorry, you keep changing between prep and location. It's lo- location. It's both, my friend. Both the other team play has into the same this. Amount of prep time, I so understand that, prep. but it's still home and road. Come on. Question of the day. Which BYU Cougar had the best weekend in the National Football League back to football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Jobus underscore 24 underscore in on Twitter. Individually, I would say Daniel Sorensen had the biggest impact. I know they didn't pull out the win, but without the fourth down stop and the interception, Kansas City isn't even in that game at the end. Yeah, I I agree with that because Kansas City is the second worst defense in the league. So Daniel Sorensen was creating opportunities for the offense to go down and take the lead multiple times. There were 31 combined points scored in the fourth quarter. That's insane. Four lead changes in a seven-minute span of the fourth quarter. Wild no finish. De- like, no defense. It was great. At Twiggy or Stone. <laughs> has to be Kyle Van Noy. He's the only one on a winning team. I bet the other players would trade in all of their personal stats for a win. No question about it. They all want to still be playing, but not all individual yeah, performances are based Thomas, on just if your team wins. Yeah, has Thomas Brady. And they won the coin flip. The coin flip. If you want to talk about a determin- determinator. Change the, the overtime raft, rules. The, the coin flip. Yeah, I'm not calling for the rules to be changed. I'm just saying the coin flip changed. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, and one picks. Is there any consolation prize in a 19-point loss at San Francisco? Is BYU men's basketball clearly the fourth best team in the West Coast Conference right now because they're fourth in the standings? We'll ask Mark Durant next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, watch or listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio as Coach Rose, Gavin Baxter, Bart Twice if you're in Milwaukee, and assist Coach Lee Kamara join Greg Bell to discuss Cougar Hoops. It's tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Want to join us in studio? Go to BYUCougars.com slash Rose Show. We'd love to have you. Live from Studio B on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever you want. Our question of the day. Which 
BYU Cougar had the best weekend in the National Football League. Bradley Perkins on Facebook. Kyle Van Noy because he's going to the Super Bowl. Duh. Yeah, three straight. Uh, we interviewed uh, Steve Young uh, the day that Kyle Van Noy was traded. He sat right here. And we informed Steve. We said, hey, uh, Kyle Van Noy was just traded to the Patriots. And Steve Young said. Lucky him. He's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, little did he know it might be two. And could have been three. Really close. Yeah. To three straight. Yeah. Three straight Super Bowls. They won two years ago. They lost last year to the Eagles, of course. And now they're back in it. It's good to be KVN. Yes, it is. It's also good to be Mark Durant, who joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU basketball player, current BYU basketball radio analyst. Mark, welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying your holiday thus far. I am. I am. And I, I think I'd rather be KVN than Mark Durant, but... Uh... <laughs> I'd rather be Spencer Linton than Mark Durant as well. So. <laughs> we'll have to converse about that, Mark. Uh, there are some things that uh, might change your mind about that. <laughs> uh, notably, the paycheck that you make as a lawyer. So, um, Mark, you witnessed BYU basketball split their road trip. A win at Pepperdine, a place that BYU has traditionally struggled, yet they've won two in a row uh, at Firestone Fieldhouse. I know you watched that game. And then at San Francisco in person to watch BYU take on the Dons, ultimately a 19-point blowout loss. What do you think of the road split, and what are your thoughts after both of those games? Yeah, well, I've seen a lot of losses in the last few years at uh, at Pepperdine. So, uh, you know, I, I was nervous for the team going into that game. They haven't had a great deal of success on the road. I thought that was one of their best games and was really encouraging uh, after coming off of that uh, homestand where they played well and then winning that game, uh, I, I kind of felt like, well, this team's kind of finding their identity. They're playing good basketball, and, and I was really pleased. And then you go into the San Francisco game, and and, and they basically uh, laid an egg in that one. Uh, that, that's frustrating. Uh, you, you know, you think you're taking some steps forward, and then you take steps back. Now, with that said, San Francisco is an excellent team. I mean, I'm really impressed. They're, they're, they're the real deal. But uh, BYU's had a lot of success at San Francisco, and I, I don't know that I expected BYU to win that game, guys, but I expected uh, a competitive game, and they, they, they just played an egg. And uh, so yeah, that, that's frustrating, but uh, it, I think for this team to get one of two on any road trip is, is probably successful. But I just was not happy with how they played against San Francisco. I thought that was a setback for them. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, given how BYU's played at Pepperdine, it was nice to win that game. That was a good win, uh, especially this team's struggles on the road. Um, that was great. But I'm looking for BYU to be more competitive. Uh, BYU 4-0 against the teams below them in league, 0-2 with blowout losses at St. Mary's and, and San Francisco now. How can BYU get a little more competitive in those games against the, uh, the upper crust? Well, I mean, that's the real question, isn't it? Uh, I, I, I'm really interested to see how BYU will do against St. Mary's this coming week, this uh, Thursday, and then when they play San Francisco again, because it, it, it can get away from you on the road. Happens to everybody. Yep. Uh, but they, the, but San Francisco and St. Mary's just looked so much better. I mean, they were clearly the better teams, and I don't know if a home court advantage is enough to put BYU over the top against those teams. They're going to have to really make uh, some changes and play, obviously, much better. 
and get better as a team to be able to compete even at home against those teams. So that, that's the real concern for me. With respect to being on the road, you know, they're, when they when they do play good teams uh, and the, the pattern has seemed to be, well, for the first five or ten minutes, they do a nice job. But then uh, the other team will hit a couple big shots. They'll get behind four or five points. And then, then they kind of go away from everything that, they do they they start being uh, individual players trying to get it all back at once uh, guys you know I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna get us back in this i'm gonna hit this shot and they force shots they they try and go one-on-one and you know they become a different team when they're when they're behind and uh they they seem to fall apart a little bit to be honest with you and, and they let the crowds the crowds it was great at san francisco and st mary's they let that get get to them i think a little bit and and before you know it, they're down 10 or 15 points. And, and at that point, they recover a little bit. But uh, they're just not a good – they're just not good kind of looking up at teams trying to get back in a game. Obviously, they're, they're better when they have a little bit of a, a cushion and they, they're playing within themselves and they're playing steady. Uh, it, it just gets away from you on the road. And that's not a really an indictment necessarily on this team. It just happens. And unless you're a really good team with a – strong identity and confidence in yourself if those situations arise on the road they they can get a, get away from you very very quickly BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation I guess my next question then to follow that up is Mark what do you do what does BYU do to address this when they are not handling things I don't know well mentally on the road when it's tough and things are getting away from them well the hard thing is that's uh that's not a, a quick fix. That's not something you say, well, let's work on this principle in practice or this skill in practice and get better at that. I mean, it's more of a mentality and identity and chemistry. And uh, I don't know how you fix that other than you just try and uh, get better over time. And I, that's why it was a bit frustrating because I thought they were addressing some of those issues. Obviously, it's easier at home, but they played well at home. And then that Pepperdine game, I thought, there were a couple of times where they could have fallen apart, uh, but they didn't, and they helped that lead. Uh, and we're able to get a win. So that's why it was frustrating to see the San Francisco game because they're kind of falling back against uh, against what had hurt them earlier in the season. So I hope that's just a little bit of a, a setback and uh, they get home. And uh, I mean, obviously, the, the, the game against St. Mary's is huge. Guys. I mean, if you can win that, everything's good and, and you're right where you kind of want to be. Uh, but if they lose that, that's that, that's really hard to come back from because they're competing competing against the, the St. Mary and, and San Francisco and obviously Gonzaga, but they're kind of in a different league. But uh, you, you want to be able to beat the, the St. Mary's and San Francisco's in the world, particularly at home. Absolutely. St. Mary's Thursday night, Gonzaga the next Thursday night. So the next couple of weeks are going to be really fun. In the league, Gonzaga 5-0, and San Francisco 4-1, St. Mary's 4-1, BYU 4-2. Then after that, Santa Clara at three and three, and everyone else is below five hundred. Do you feel like BYU is clearly the fourth best team, as indicated in the standings right now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, St. Mary's had a nice comeback win. I think it was against Pacific. They were behind in that game. Uh, I, I think uh, Santa Clara was behind in that game. But I, I think that they're gonna. Those teams will will struggle. They'll fall back, and I think BYU is showing that they can beat those types of teams on the road. Uh, and, and so I, I suspect that those top four teams will kind of uh, continue to play well, and the others will fall back a little bit. I'm a little bit surprised with San Diego. I thought they'd be a better team, uh, but uh, that, that looks to be the case, and that's what you want. Uh, you want to be in the top four, so in the tournament you're not – 
playing Thursday or Friday. You're playing that Saturday game. I think that's the ideal position. Obviously, it'd be great if BYU is number two and they get a bye to Monday. But uh, I think just to avoid the, uh, the being five or lower is probably what BYU should shoot for at this point. The Cougars are two and seven in true road games this season, nine and one at home. And is it as simple as BYU needing to play more home games? Because I'm with you. I think we'll find out a lot about this BYU team on Thursday when they play a really good St. Mary's team in Provo. What do you think? Well, I think that college basketball, more than any other sport, is uh, is dependent on uh, or it can give you an advantage for playing at home. It's just so different. The gyms are different. The crowds are right on top of you. I, to me, it's 10 points. So if you're going to beat San Francisco on the road, you got to beat them by 10 points on, let's say, a neutral court. And so that, that's a huge advantage. Um, but the great, the good teams can, uh, can beat the Pepperdines on the road, but obviously the great teams can, can beat San Francisco's and St. Mary's. And I don't know that BYU's ever really had a great team in the last while, except for the Jimmy years. I mean, Jimmer went to uh, to San, San Diego State when they were a top-five team and beat that team. Th- those are the elite teams. Now, obviously, you're not going to have that every year, but what you'd like is to at least be competitive and maybe get one or two, and BYU hasn't even got one or two. Uh, and, and in the past few years, they've you know beaten Gonzaga. Uh, and th- Those are the, the types of wins I'm talking about. But BYU has yet to do that this year. They've, they haven't won any road games, which – uh, and, and in a lot of instances haven't even been competitive in games that they should have at least been competitive. So that's the concern. Uh, and, again, we've talked about that already, and how do you fix that? It, it's tough. You need to get more consistency, uh, not only from, from Yoli. Uh, Yoli was was not good in the first half against San Francisco. TJ's been pretty good for the most part. But then you're not getting consistency from other guys. You know, Luke will have a good game one game and a, a terrible game the next game. And it just go down the list, and that's the case for everybody. I think you need to get more consistency beyond Yoli and TJ to be able to compete on, on the road. And, 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 and older guys and better players don't have the trouble playing on the road as much as kind of the freshmen and the younger guys because that's, that's much diff, more difficult for those guys to play well in those situations. And they're just not getting much uh, outside of uh, T.J. and Yoli in those types of games. So, uh, you know, again, just kind of rambling on a little bit, but because uh, there's really no particular answer. But everyone has to just kind of look at themselves and say, "I'm going to give the effort it takes on the road, and, and I'm going to play with confidence, and and uh, not try to do too much, but play my role and, and just be competitive in those games and give yourselves a chance at the end." Mark, we'll finish with this: True or false? BYU will win against St. Mary's on Thursday? I don't think in my entire life I've ever picked against BYU. I'm not going to start tonight or today. <laughs> uh, I think I think they'll win. Uh, I, I think uh, with, a, with a home crowd, and uh, I think they'll find a way. I hope so, uh, because they, they need it. They need to get this win uh, if they want to have uh, some success the rest of the way, and uh, I, you know, they've got good players, and they got a great coach, and so it's about time they kind of put it all together and got a big win at home. Mark, great to have you with us. Hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday. And, um, I, again, I, I really don't think that uh, you want to be me. I think you should think about it. <laughs> 
Perhaps I don't know. Can I can I just have your style? That's oh, all okay. I really all want. right. Your hair. Yeah, you you can borrow hair. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can talk about that. Mark, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, fellas. See you. Mr. Duran on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You are at St. Mary's. Huge game Thursday. Or, excuse me, in Provo. Awesome. Coming up was the BYU impact on the NFL Conference Championship Games. A big deal or no deal? And I'm hoping that we actually run out of time so that we don't really have to recap and one because things are just getting out of control. This is BYU Sports Nation. Everyone goes on a run. We told you that. Join us Wednesday, February 6th, for a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation Football Signing Day Special as we show you the next batch of BYU Cougars. It is coming up on February 6th. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with part two of your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kyle Van Noy headed back to a third straight Super Bowl as his New England Patriots, led by Tom Brady, defeat the Chiefs 37-31. In an overtime classic of the AFC Championship game, Van Noy led the Patriots with 10 tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. When Tom Brady rips off his, you know, cap there and and helmet, you know who the first player meeting? Kyle Van Noy. It's awesome. Daniel Sorensen led the Chiefs on the other side of the field with 14 tackles and a fourth-quarter interception in the loss. In the NFC Championship game, Taysom Hill caught his first career touchdown pass in a 26-23 overtime loss to the Rams. There was no pass interference on the play. The Cougars of BYU men's basketball lose at San Francisco. No reaction. 82-63. You know what you're doing, and I'm not going to bite. I'm not biting on that. 82-63 on Saturday, snapping an 11-game win streak for BYU against the Dons. Yoli Childs led all scores with 25 points, but they feel empty because BYU loses by 19. The Cougars now 4-2 in conference, currently in fourth place. Women's Hoops overcame a 12-point deficit to beat Portland 79-71 to extend its win streak to 10 games. Maria Albiero, the Brazilian bomber, scored a career-high 16 points off the bench. The Cougars are a 9-seed in the latest uh, NCAA Bracketology by ESPN's Charlie Cream. Yeah, last week they were one of the last four teams in. Now they're just in. Now they're just in. Yeah. It's what happens when you beat the 13th-ranked team in the country. Huge win. And then uh, nearly a letdown. BYU overcame that. It was nice. It looked, it I took a 16 to nothing run in the last four minutes of the game. I saw BYU was down 12, and I thought, uh-oh. But they came back and won. Awesome. Just find a way. Yep. And uh, Jerem is finding a way, apparently, in and one right now. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jerem, going into Saturday's game yeah. at San Francisco, yeah. we were tied at 10. And you know what? I'm going to get the whistles because we need to implement the referee whistles back into this segment. And the spirit of NFL officiating. In the spirit of the omissive whistle. Or the lack that, of. Yeah. Yes, because some people don't blow the whistle. I am now going to reach under the desk and get both whistles. You okay with this? Well, uh, maybe the honor code police are under there too. Uh, bring them out. My two-pointer. BYU will commit 12 or fewer turnovers. Swish! Yeah, got it. Is this mine or yours? No, oh, that's they, yours for sure. Now blow the whistle. For sure, how do you know? I'm positive. And one. And my and one pick. BYU will score 74 plus. BYU scored 63. Uh, Yeah, it was a a bad night. So I got the two-pointer. I felt like BYU was going to take care of the ball. They did. They did. Uh, You know, 11 turnovers. The issue was they didn't share the ball. Eight assists on 23 field goals. 50 uh, paint points for San Francisco. There were bigger issues than what I predicted. San Francisco shot 63%. This just in? That's good. For the game. It's one thing to do that in a half. The entire game? Really good. Good gravy. Also, I know that's your whistle because yours is black and plastic, and I have... 
the silver medal one. Oh, okay, good. That's the determiner. Yeah, the Frank. We call that the Frankie Frederick. It's all in the details, my yeah. friend. All right, my two pointer. BYU will shoot a better three point percentage than San Francisco. Mm. Nope. It was close, surprisingly, for much of the game. The Cougars, not bad, 37.5%. Normally, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's fine for BYU. San Francisco shot 47%. Yeah. So in the end, not close. From yeah. the three-point line. They made everything. And one. TJ Howes will outscore Frankie Ferrari by five-plus points. <laughs> At one point, TJ had 12, and Frankie Ferrari had nine points, and yeah. I was like... All right, this might happen. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he's got the flu and this. Mm-hmm. Then he goes nuts. And then the commentators, oh, this is his Michael Jordan flu. Get, get what, out of why here. Is every time get someone has the flu, it's compared to Michael Jordan. No. Do you realize that most people, when they have the flu, just suck? That's how it works. But Frankie Ferrari. Plus, what if you're 10% flu like as opposed to 90? You know what I mean? There's no gauge on how sick One you are. One of these played in the NBA Finals. Yeah, the, the other regular the season other West Coast Conference Uber. basketball game. The other was driving Uber two years ago, and now, <laughs> now it's like the second best. And he's guard. playing on his home floor. Jordan's flu game was on the road. He could barely walk in the NBA Finals. Get out of here with that logic. I take the lead, which is exciting for me. Congratulations, yeah. man. I'm not even mad about that. But the whole Jordan flu game thing, I was like, I'm going to throw up. Oh, my goodness. Well, I thought that Zach... Seljus? Seljus? Seljus had a nice start to the game. Childs, I think, is a pretty good player. For me. Well, yeah, Wellington was great. Who? Who was Wellington? Worthington? Oh, Worthington? Wellington? <laughs> I missed that one. I was like, you have one job. Come on, Barry Tompkins. Well, You're the man. A, Let's go. Then there's the, that was sick. Congratulations <laughs> to your BYU Tigers. Are, are we judging a surfing competition? That was sick. Yeah, you and I do. Uh, you do more play-by-play than I do. I, I do enough. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you have one job. And I, I've listen. I've messed up. But come on, you you can't mess up your only child's name. <sighs> Zach Sel Selgis. Yeah, I'm not even mad. You got the lead. I'm not even mad about that. It's, it's all the other stuff that we're talking. about. I think about. you focused on other things because at first you it seemed bothered, but now it's yeah. No. If I bring no. up pass interference, does it lessen the n one? Thing. Well, got, it depends you know. on your take on pass interference and how the NFL should address it in huge playoff games in the final two minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, people have, are calling for accountability. So what? So, so what? So so after the game, the ref sits up there. And, so you can you, you can have a scapegoat that will make it feel better. It's not going to change the call. No, but there should be some type of punishment because everybody else is punished for so what? poor performance. He miss, he miss, what if he missed the whole next season? Who cares? What, what really bothers, going to the Super what Bowl. Really bothers what me yeah. is the NFL goes out of their way to call Sean Payton moments after the game and say, hey, we missed it. Wait, so you don't, call. You, we don't want transparency and clarity? Well, do, does, it, does it change anything? No. What changes? No, but people what cha- want transparency. What changes? Hey, our bad. That's what they said. Yeah, it happens. Coming up. Pass interference. Should the NFL review every single... No. BYU signees have a, a huge day in the island. Uh, yes, they do. And a few that I hope are someday playing for BYU. Well, several are. We'll tell you about it. Is having multiple days to prepare for St. Mary's a big deal or no deal? This is BYU Sports Nation. It's pass interference again. Big deal. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with the Cougars past and present as Gregor Bell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. This week's guest includes Hoopster great Fred Roberts. It's Wednesday at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Pass interference, number 26 of the defense. First down Saints, they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, lo- I would love if that had been announced. They're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that would have been unbelievable. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. <laughs> Which Cougar had the best weekend in the National Football League? It should have been Taysom Hill, but it wasn't. Tommy Nelson won on Instagram, says Daniel Sorensen, easy. Man, he had the best yeah, had impact great, for sure. Great day. He had a great day, except... At the end of the day, they're not going to the Super Bowl, which really stinks. <sighs> and I'm sad flip. for Jason Shepard. Coin flip. Yeah. I know. I really did feel yeah. bad for Jason. I'm, I Marco Poloed him, and it was basically just him. Him. Let's take a single of me here. I'll direct uh, for a sec. It was uh, Jason just doing this, just silent. Ah, <laughs> uh, brutal. Yeah, compelling, brutal. compelling television. A lot of our uh, broadcast buddies, Jason Shepard, uh, Bill Riley is a huge Kansas City fan. Uh, Craig yeah. Bollerjack, yeah. another Kansas City fan. Like it's, this is rough. It's rough for those guys. Yeah. Well, get over it. <laughs> they could be Bengals fans. So, like yours truly. Could be a lot worse. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Number one, Ben Bagley. What do you have for us? Number one, I don't feel sorry for any of the Kansas City Chiefs fans. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's spoken like a true Raiders yeah, fan. Ray and the Raiders. <laughs> Big deal, no deal. BYU players impact in the conference championship games this weekend. Big deal. I think all three had a significant impact. Obviously, Taysom Mill scores a touchdown. Kyle Vanoy has two sacks. And Daniel Sorensen has one turnover, potentially two if you count, you know, fourth down stop. Big deal. Yeah. Uh, take those performances away and then answer if it's a big deal or no deal. Like, Kyle know doesn't play, so he doesn't lead his team in tackles and doesn't have two sacks. Daniel Sorensen doesn't have an interception and a fourth down stop, and the Chiefs aren't rolling with momentum in the fourth quarter, and Taysom Hill doesn't have his first touchdown. Of course this is a big deal. Why is this even a question? Number two. Well, Spencer, you may have already answered number two, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Big deal, no deal. BYU having multiple days to prepare for St. Mary's at home. Uh, if deal was an option, I'd pick that one. It's the same amount of prep for both teams. Yes, it's the same amount of time for both teams. But yeah. you can't tell so me lo- that one day having to deal. play on the road doesn't make a difference. Like BYU would benefit if they got St. Mary's. I know yeah. BYU would benefit if they got St. Mary's on the second game of a two-day road trip if they were on a Thursday-Saturday scenario. Like if St. Mary's had to go to San Diego and play on Thursday and then had to play in Provo on Saturday, that would benefit BYU even more. So if BYU lost by fewer points, would you feel better about it or something? To who? St. Mary's, like we're talking about. No, but I expect BYU to win on Thursday because they're good at home. They're a different team at home, different energy, and they'll make enough shots. They'll make enough plays. There will be enough natural energy there to carry BYU. So, yeah, I think they're going to beat St. Mary's at home. Yeah, deal. Are you questioning my logic? You don't have love. Who are you? You're no longer relevant. We, yeah, Get we, out of here. Unfortunately, the last three years, we haven't really used you. RPI Matrix is dead. Bracket Matrix. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Fans calling for a change to the NFL overtime rules and apparently pass interference, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, big deal. I, I'm fine with it being looked at. They did change the rules a few years ago to allow a team. And, and my wife kept saying, hey, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Well, I, I said, yeah, it's, it's not going to be like college, though, because 
there's too much money in fantasy in those touchdowns and the over-unders and gambling and whatnot. So I don't see how they're ever going to make it college. So I haven't heard a good alternative that's not that way. Yeah, they already made it better because, if you remember, it used to be the first team to score wins the game. And so right. the coin flip had even more power. Right. Now it's if you score a field goal, the other team has to go down and score a touchdown. Yeah, so... You get a stop, first I'm, score. I'm less concerned about the coin flip giving New England the ball and because Kansas City's on their home field in an, an overtime game. Get a stop. Just get a stop. Like, prevent the Patriots from going 70-plus yards and... Make them kick a field goal, and then you've got a chance. But in a way, the ref did determine the game in that sense, though. Oh, I know. Right? I know. Right? So, it, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. I, I haven't heard a good alternative for this, though. People are like, hey, change the rules. Change the rules to what? Both teams get the Would ball? Would you like it no. better if the college rules were imp- implemented? Would you uh, like it better? Yes, but I understand why they wouldn't. Like I said, too much, there's, too much on fan, there's too much money involved to bloat the numbers and uh, all the gambling. Now, what if, what if it changed to this? Okay, New England scores a touchdown on their first possession. Kansas City obviously has Can to score e- a touchdown, but they have to go for two. They have to equal that, but then they, yeah, maybe they have, have to one-up something. They have to go for something. two or something. Right. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Okay. Okay. At NFL, that. There's sure. The yeah, they've, they've got to go one-up. So, okay, Kansas City, you get a possession, but you have to score a touchdown, and then you the have to go for two. The other team will get a possession. Yes. The other team is guaranteed a possession. Yeah. But you keep the other rules where if you get a stop, all you have to do is get a field goal. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so there's some equality in that yeah. both teams have a yes. chance. Absolutely. I like it. Hey, Absolutely. Hey, we talked it out here. Let's, yeah. let's go. Right, Pass interference review under two minutes still needs to happen. <laughs> Number four. Last one. Big deal, no deal. BYU not having an offensive line coach coming down the stretch in recruiting. Uh, I mean, they can name one tomorrow, and then this would be over, so I go no deal. Yeah, no I, deal. I think it will take another week or two because it just takes time. There's an added element to being hired at BYU uh, with the ecclesiastical part that sometimes takes a minute. Jeff Grimes is an offensive line coach. He's the offensive coordinator. It's going to be fine. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Zero season Zero deal for yeah. me. Yeah. What's a bigger deal is that BYU plays Utah in how many days? Countdown to the Utes. Oh, I thought 220. Oh, you want to do that one? Roll it again. Roll it again. Roll it again. We'll do Jerems. <laughs> Countdown. <laughs> and one leader. 220. <laughs> 220. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Venna. Whatever. Appreciate that. I'll get a day off some school, Venna. Coming up, two matches in less than 24 hours. Ain't no thing for the BYU men's volleyball team. Plus, how did... Sione Takitaki perform in the East-West Shrine game. Is he going to get drafted? Details on the web. This is BYU Sports Why'd you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guest, Mark Durant, BYU basketball radio analyst. If you missed any of our holiday show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of the time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy is headed to his third straight Super Bowl as the Patriots defeat the Chiefs 37-31 in overtime of the AFC Championship game. Van Noy led the team with 10 tackles and two sacks. Daniel Sorensen led his team, the Chiefs, with 14 tackles, had a fourth-quarter interception in that loss to the Patriots. In the NFC title game, Taysom Hill with his first career receiving touchdown in the Saints' 26-23 overtime loss to the Rams. Football. Sione Takitaki had three tackles, including a tackle for lost. For the East squad in the East-West Shrine game, the West won the game 21-17. Three Cougar signees played in the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii over the weekend. Quarterback Jacob Conover threw a touchdown pass. Tight end Ethan Erickson represented Team Makai and offensive lineman Eli Unatoa represented Team Makua. Team Makai won 27-7. Men's basketball. Are Conover and Erickson Polynesian? The Cougars lost at San Francisco 82-63 on Saturday, snapping an 11-game winning streak versus the Dons. Billy Childs led all scores, 25 points. The Cougars 4-2 in conference, fourth place. Women's basketball. In first place of the West Coast Conference, yeah, yeah. beat Portland 79-71 behind a career performance from reserve guard Maria Albiero. Sophomore scored a career-high 16 points. BYU went on a 16-0 run at one point in the final minutes of the game to increase their overall win streak to 10 straight. BYU at San Diego this weekend to take on the Toreros. And, Jerem, according to Charlie Cream's latest women's basketball practicology on ESPN, BYU now a ninth seed and have graduated up from the last four-in designation. Volleyball. Fourth-ranked BYU beat Penn State in 5 by 2 Friday. Dramatic win. Then in a rescheduled earlier due-to-weather match with St. Francis the next morning, BYU 1-3. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez, career-high 27 kills. Cougars are 4-0 on the season. Have a two-week break before four matches in nine days in California. Jimmer. Fredette had 42 points, four rebounds, seven assists, and four steals in a Shanghai Sharks victory over the Beijing Fly Dragons. Gymnastics. And sixth-ranked BYU scored a 194-575 to beat Utah State Friday. Shannon Evans took second in the all-around with a 39-125. Today's rise and shout goes to all of the Cougars in the NFL. That was a really fun weekend yes. to watch all those guys fun ball day. out. Fun day. Well played. Our question of the day, which Cougar had the best weekend in the NFL? At Voilisi64 on Instagram says Van Noy headed to the Super Bowl after a great game. So the elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Zach Jensen on Facebook. Daniel Sorensen played his heart out on the field and I've never seen him play before. Hashtag Dirty Dan. There you go. He had a great game. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Steve Clements. It was pass interference. Go Cougs.